Amen, Father. And we'll give you all the glory for all the good that'll come out of this service in Jesus' name. Yes. And everyone that agrees with that prayer today, shouted amen in the amen. building. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to amen. God. Glory to God. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh. I was anointed. Praise the yes. Lord. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Good morning, family. Would you please give yourself a big hug for me? I found myself missing y'all, especially this week. I mean, it just ramped up a whole nother level. I'm like, I'm about to go seek some, some people out. But give yourselves a big hug for me from Pastor Gregory and myself. We love you. Listen, if you haven't already done it, you know what I'm about to say. Download the app. Otherwise, you can share the link with somebody. Invite a friend to attend or to watch service on this morning. And also, I want to bid you warning, you don't want to dip out of watching before it's all over. We have a surprise for you at the very end. We just want to share some good news with you that I know will encourage you and just warm your heart a little bit. With all that's going on, we can stand some good information. Amen. So don't leave before it's all over with. You want to stay until the very end. All right. Yeah, we get to show you all again how your generosity impacts other people. So today we'll conclude Being Rich Part 3. Uh, we're excited about it. Remember, all of the notes are right there uh, in our linked up app as well as the Version Bible app. But we give you more than what's on that outline. So we encourage you to participate. Take notes along with the outline. Add your notes to the outline. Remember, you don't grow by listening. You grow by doing, right? Yes. Study to show yourself approved. So you <laughs> get to take that outline, add your notes to it, go back and study it, and then watch all of the beautiful things that God releases in your life as a result of it. So what are we talking about? We're in part three this week. We've, we're learning that it's one thing for us to be rich towards ourselves, but it's an entirely different thing for us to be rich towards God. And our goal is to make sure that all of us are rich towards God. Yes. And we're looking at the entire, really, chapter of Luke chapter 12, although we're focusing on one specific text. It's important that we understand the context. So if you go back to verses 1 through 12 before we get to 13, remember Jesus is talking specifically to his disciples. And he's really talking to them about what it's like to follow him and how persecution <laughs> is always in the midst of following Jesus. Then he's talking about some really heavy doctrinal issues like life, death, heaven, hell. But the overriding theme that he's trying to get across to his disciples is that if they would just fear God, they don't have to fear anything that this world would try to throw at them. Then right in the midst of that, this young man comes up and interrupts him while he's talking about eternal reality. Jesus! He interrupts him and Tell my said, brother to give me my inheritance. Man, it, I don't want to hear nothing give about— Give me my money. I don't need to hear nothing about life, death, heaven, hell. My brother is holding on to my money, and I need it, right? And Jesus uses that as an opportunity to shift his attention from his disciples to the masses. So there are thousands of people standing out there, and he gives them this overriding warning to not put your trust in possessions. And folks, if you think about it, there's nothing teaching us more about that principle than the world that we're living in right now. We cannot put our trust in this economy. We cannot put our trust in our jobs. We cannot put our trust in anything but God. 
But I'm here to tell you today, if your trust is in God, there is no way that you can lose. So let's read our foundation text in Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. There are three truths that we've been focusing on as it relates to life, greed, and then being generous with others. And all of it comes out of this text. Luke chapter 12, I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 13 says, Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. And covetousness is greediness. Everybody say greediness. Greediness. All right. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable, which is a fictitious earthly story, to explain a kingdom or spiritual principle. And he spoke this to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you are the man. You have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool. And remember the word fool just simply means without sense. And we've all been there at one point or another in our yes, lives. Lord. He says, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will all those things be that you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So we've already covered two points. Life is more than money and possessions was point number one. Point number two, life is found in being rich. And today we'll pick up with point number three. Point number three, what matters most? What matters most? You have to stay focused on what matters most. We just got through reading in Luke chapter 12, verses 20 and 21, that he says after he had gotten all this stuff, and he's come up with this plan to keep all this stuff to himself, that that night he's told that he will, his life will end, and then where will his treasure go? And then he, he, Jesus lets him know right there in this example that so is he who lays up treasure for himself but is not rich towards God. There's going to come a day in everybody's life where you will lay this body down. Right. You get to take nothing with you. Nothing, your own body doesn't even go with you. And so when you think about that, you can't just think about what you have today or tomorrow. You have to think about what's your, what you're putting up for storage in the future. And so he's going on to say that basically that Jesus is pointing out that there's a time in your life where everything that ends here will be accounted for for what you laid up for what's to come. Heaven has a ranking system. I don't know if you've been taught that, but heaven has a ranking system. And in heaven, you can store up treasure. And, and, and in fact, let me just read something that was very good to me when I was uh, preparing for this. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 
and, and I'm going to skip around, but I'll start at verse 19 in the Passion. He says here, don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust or decay or lose their value. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. The eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. But if your eyes are focused on money, the light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place. How profound will the darkness within you if the light of truth cannot enter? Verse 24, how could you worship two gods at the same time? You have to hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. In other words, listen, you can't, if, we're, if, you're, if we're pursuing God, money will take care of itself. Right. But when we're pursuing money and we just want to inject God in there where it's convenient, well, that's where we are not laying up treasures for heaven, but we're only laying up treasures for ourselves, which does rust, decay, and loses value. And this is where 33, verse 33 in Matthew chapter 6 kicks in. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Listen, one thing everyone seems to always need more of is money. If I was to walk up to... How much you have, you always... No matter how much you have, you think you need more. But, but, but what God says is more money won't solve your problems today. It will create more problems today and create more problems tomorrow. Revelations chapter 2, verse 19, he says here, and God recognizes our efforts and accounts for what we're doing here. And in our heart, he takes inventory and prepares that for, what, for what's to come in heaven. He says here in Revelations 2.19, I know your works. I know your service. I know your love. I know your faith and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. He's admonishing a church, but he, he, right here what he indicates is that he takes inventory of what we're doing here on earth. He's taking inventory for what happens when we get to heaven. So when we die... All of our wealth goes away. But what we do do is we, we, we get the opportunity to invest in heaven when we obey certain truths, when you follow his word, when we decide to trust him. Amen. So what do we do? We share what God gives us in this life for the next life. That's what we do. What's important? What matters most? Making sure that we share what the blessings that we walk in and the goodness of God that we walk in here today. Not only in sharing the gospel, but also in sharing of our treasure. Because he says where our treasure is, so our heart is also. So if we're investing in the kingdom of God, in our giving, in our sharing, in our service, then we're making investments in heaven that don't go away. He says here in Luke 21, just then God showed up and said, fool, tonight you'll die in your barn full of goods. Who gets it? What happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God? Jesus draws the application that, hey, you can't invest not only in what's going on today in this world, but by what you do today in this world, you're also investing in heaven. And that's where we want our treasures. That's what matters most. That's what pleases God. And that's what causes reciprocated. You know, we can't control what's going on in the stock market right now. We can't control what's going on in the economy right now. But if you're faithful and you're investing in the things of God, God will see to it that you suffer no lack. Right. It blesses my soul to see people prospering. And these are people that we know to be faithful. Yeah. These are people that we know to be 
um, givers. These are people that we know to be, uh, to be honorable in the things of God. Not saying that they're perfect, but because they chose to honor God, it blesses our soul to see people prospering. Linked Up Church is a byproduct and a beneficiary of you all prospering out there. Because Lord knows we couldn't do what we do today by ourselves. Right. We're blessed because you're blessed and you're being a blessing. Amen. Amen. That's so good. So from that Matthew 12, 21, then Jesus is drawing an application that a person who only enriches himself and does not lay up treasure in heaven does Doesn't not have, have much sense. sense. Mm. Is that clear? That's the application that he's drawing, that a person who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God or doesn't lay up treasure in heaven does not have much sense. So there's really only two ways or two places in Scripture where it talks about putting something into heaven. And I want to show you both of those today because you want to think about investing in things that have eternal value, okay? Number one is tithes and offerings. Number one is tithes and offerings. Go with me to Malachi chapter 3. I didn't get a whole lot of amens Whoa. on that, but number one is Type tithes amen, and yo. offerings. Type in amen. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Malachi, and I'm going to read. I'm going to start in your outline. It starts at verse 8. I want to back up to verse 6, okay? Because a lot of people think that, you know, God, you know, we don't have to tithe anymore. That's Old Testament, all of that kind of stuff. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Mm. So God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Then he goes on to say, Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your father you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Then notice what he says, Return unto me, and then I will return unto you, says the Lord of hosts. But they asked the most important question, which should be, In what ways shall we return? And God says in verse 8, will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? The word rob means to defraud. Defraud means to simply deprive of a right. See, when we don't obey God in the tithes and offerings, then it deprives others of the right of hearing the gospel, being helped in their times of need, all of the different ways that God wants to touch and love his people. When we don't do our part, then he can't do his part. And so it deprives people says, yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what ways have we robbed you? He said, in tithes and offerings. Now, a tithe is a tenth or 10%, right? That belongs to the local storehouse. Offerings, you can pray about that, and you can sow that and give that however God leads you to do it. But you can never take the tithe and do anything different with it but bring it to the storehouse. Thank you all for that enthusiasm and that excitement today. All right. Then he goes on to say, for you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Notice how it affects an entire nation. It says, even this whole nation. He says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. King James Version says, prove me, test me. It's the only place in Scripture where God asks you and he challenges you to prove him, to test him, to try him in this area. And see if I will not open you the windows of heaven. Now, the only way he can say he'll open the windows of heaven is if you put something in there. Is that accurate? So obviously then, anytime I tithe, anytime I give offerings, I'm putting something into heaven. 
And God says that when you obey that, I'll open the heavens and then pour you out a blessing. Now, a blessing is an enablement. It's an empowerment to prosper. Notice he didn't say, I'd pour you out a new car. I'd pour you out a new house. He's going to put something on you that enables you to get all of these things. That's right. That's right. I'd rather have his presence and his blessing on my life than stuff. That's right. Because as long as that's on my life, stuff will always follow. That's right. Is everybody clear? And when the, the Scripture says in Proverbs chapter 10, it's the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich. And notice, it has no sorrow with it. Folks, when God gives you a car, you won't lose it. That's right. When God blesses you with a house, it won't get repossessed. Anything that God blesses you with will increase you and not diminish you. Then notice, that's not all he says here in verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. That's good. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, no share of the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations, all people will call you blessed, for you will be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. Somebody declare that I am blessed. Yes, I am Come blessed. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, I am blessed. I am Type blessed. Type it in. I am blessed. I am blessed. But that blessing comes with a responsibility. That's right. You should also say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. That's right. And I'm getting ready to show you that's the, really the only reason why God, that's his purpose for blessing you, is so that you can be a blessing. You know, when, so you, think, when you think about it, babe, you know, tithes and offerings is just our demonstration of our trust in who God is. That's all it is. You know, we all say we trust God, but I trust God. But when we hold tight to our money, going back to what we just talked about, what really matters, then we, what we're saying is that we, we hold tight to, you know, that, and that's who we trust. That's what we trust more than more we than trust God. God. Yeah, because at the end of the day, and again, this is a grown folks message today. What people do is they go out and buy cars and houses and say, I can't afford to tie. Mm. They go out and they try to start businesses and launch projects and they don't work. And they say, okay, I can't afford to tie. Mm. That's called greediness. <laughs> All right, let me just move on. Let yeah. me just move on. Not a lot of excitement and enthusiasm. But the one person I would never remove from that equation is God. Right. And that's where that blessing is. I'll pour you out a blessing. That's that empowerment to prosper. That's that anointing that, because there's some things that money can't buy you. Money can't buy you favor. Money can't buy you wisdom. Money can't buy you instruction. Money doesn't order your steps. Money doesn't put you in a perfect place at the perfect time with perfect people to enable your actions to prosper. Money doesn't guide you in your decision-making process. Money doesn't keep your body healed. Money does not keep your body doesn't healed. Doesn't protect your marriage. Doesn't protect your children. It, it, it does not. Doesn't and so it. when there's the empowerment to prosper, when the blessing is on your life, and it's so far beyond money, the blessing will give you what money could never give you. So what I would do is I would repent for buying the house. I would repent for buying the car. I would repent for the business that I thought you told me to do, because clearly if it didn't work, you didn't tell me to do it. 
So I repent from that. And then that repentance and honoring God is what allows him to put his super on your natural and recover everything that you out here trying to get for yourself by keeping back from him what rightfully belongs. You know what Holy Spirit just told me? What did he just tell He just said that that's called modern day idol worship. Mm. But people are justified at all day. When we want our things, they're justified at all day. It's modern day idol worship. So I can't give because. All right, let's keep going. Now, the second way, it is so much into, I wish you all could be in the building with us today. The energy in here is infectious. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's lit in here today. Glory to God. Woo! I mean, that. oh, glory to God. <laughs> Number two, giving to the poor. <laughs> Luke chapter 18, verses 18 through 22. Never look down on someone that's less fortunate. Ooh. Ooh, because you never know. Hello, somebody. My grandmother used to tell me, be careful who you look down on. Because they may be the ones. Oh, I'll leave it alone. That you have Luke to chapter 18, verses 18 through 22. <clears throat> now a certain ruler, we all know the story about the rich young ruler. Ask him saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to, me, to him, why do you call me good? Mm. There is no one good but one, and that is God. Mm. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, all these things have I kept from my youth, religious. Mm. So it was a good person. Really good person. In fact, was pretty successful in being a good person. All day long. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. One thing. Sell all that you have. As a matter of fact, let's pause for a moment. I'd love for him to just be able to say, I only had one thing I'm lacking. But, but how many of y'all know, I know I got a whole lot of stuff I'm lacking. Yeah, so know, before right? we judge him too much, hello, somebody. This guy only had one issue. That's a powerful statement. <laughs> said, still, you lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. Then he says here, and you will have treasure where? In heaven. In heaven. And come and follow me. Verse 23 says, but when he heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. Now, I want to drop down to verse 18. See, what tithes and offerings does, it's an investment in your eternity. You get to send that ahead of you. Every time you give to the poor, it's an investment in eternity. You get to send that ahead of you. So the disciples heard that, and the disciples were like, hold on, wait a minute, Jesus. We left everything that we had. Mm-hmm. Hold on. We left everything. We left all. Look at this in verse 28. Then Peter said, hold on, see, we have left all and followed you. Notice his response to them in the New King James Version. says, surely I say to you, there's no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come eternal life. Mm. You've got to understand that your giving has impact in two realms. It blesses people in this realm, but then it sets you up for great rewards in the next realm. Have more investments in the kingdom of God than you do in your 4013B. 
401k and 403b. Do they still have the 403b? It's not 3B, but you got you you blending them all together. That's okay. Just keep going. Your retirement strategy. (laughs) Let's just just land the plane right there, right? Send more of it ahead of you than you leave right here in the earth. But let me say this to balance that statement. None of these parables in any way are against prayerful and careful investment in your future. Right. That's right. Financial planning and life insurance are practically synonymous with wise stewardship. That's right. That's right. Don't miss out on that. Everyone should seek to provide for older age, and everyone should seek to provide for those that are left should we leave early. Mm -hmm. Only thing we're saying is you should not be, you should not place all your trust in that and not be rich towards God. That's right. That's, That's right. the balance to that. In fact, it's a wise man that leaves an inheritance to his children's children, right? Yep. And so we don't, don't mistake what's being said here. You just can't make that your top priority. Right. Your top priority is to seek ye first the kingdom of God. In fact, he'll direct your investments so that you don't have to work as hard to cause them to prosper. It'll be sweatless. Amen. So now, how can we be rich towards God? How can we be rich towards God? Number one, A, one A, the first point, cultivate a mindset and an attitude of humility. Cultivate a mindset and a, an attitude of humility. Now, I'm going to tell a quick story to drive this home. When we first got married, probably within the first six or seven months of getting married, you know, I'm an athlete, and I, and I, and I, 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 I like living life on the edge. I like being edgy. So for the first time, we go skiing, right? And we went skiing, and this is my very first time skiing up in Michigan. And if you know anything about Michigan, it's not all cold and powdery snow. It can get ice patchy, right? And so I did the first few mountains. And, you know, being the athlete that I am, I'm like, oh, this is a piece of cake. This is a piece of cake. For those of you who've been around a little bit, you understand the term Susie Chapstick. So I'm like, I'm Susie Chapstick up on these slopes. I got this. And so I did the next slope, and still, oh, this is easy. I got this. I got this. And I decided to take the biggest slope, right? And my husband was like, babe, I'm not sure if you're ready for the biggest slope. I'm ready for this slope. The other ones was a piece of cake. I'm ready for this. And so I got cocky, right? So I go up there, and I take the slope. And I did it the first time. I'm like, oh, man, I got this. I've got this. I'm Susie Chapstick. So I tell my husband, babe, you got to watch this because I got this thing down pat. I go up there. I'm cocky, right? Not a humble bone in my body. I ain't never skied before in my life, but I'm about to take this mountain for the second time. And my husband's like, babe, I just don't feel good about this. Man, you don't know what you're talking about. You just scared. You just scared. I go up there, and some of you have seen the scar on my arm. You don't know that I fall. I'm believing God still for the full manifestation, the 100% manifestation of my healing. I have a little limitation in my right arm. Why? I got up there, hit a patch of ice, wiped out, and just completely tore apart my, uh, my, my bones from my elbow, my uh, lower arm. I can't remember which the first, the front was. And all you wives out there, pay Oh, hush. <laughs> what God was teaching her was to not get ahead of her husband. <laughs> And to listen. No, what God is teaching you is is to be humble. Sit down and be humble. 
So <laughs> I was a little too cocky within myself. Refuse to be proud. Proud literally goes pride goes before the fall. Listen to someone who can attest to that. The generous gifts of God ought to be appreciated and it ought to cultivate humility within us. You remember the story of the Titanic? They said this is the ship that even God can't sink. All it took was human error. God didn't even have to get involved. It just took human error. Acts chapter 17, verses 20, verse 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain as our own points have said, for we are also his offspring. In other words, if you can do it, if you have it, whether it's functioning in your body, thinking with the right mind, being able to move your little toes, being able to breathe on your own, Listen, God did it in you, through you, and for you. Nothing that you have, nothing that you've accomplished, nothing you possess, not even the way in which you move, did you get it by yourself. So in everything, be humble. Understand that one moment can change a person's life. I was thinking about Mike Utley of the Detroit Lions. He's out there playing. He's not thinking that this is the game that will end my career, possibly my life. And this man goes out there and makes a tackle, and he's paralyzed. Psalms 10, verse 4, it says, stands a four, it says in the Passion, these arrogant ones, so smug and secure, in their delusion the wicked boast, saying, God doesn't care about what we do. There's nothing to worry about. Our wealth will last a lifetime. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, in the Amplified says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you and place you of, in a, to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time. Listen, you want God to set you up because when God sets you up, no one can tear you down. No one can tear you down. And the higher God sets you up, the more humble you should be. Right. Understanding and realizing that you didn't get yourself there by yourself, right. but that God set you there. Yeah. Therefore, relinquishing all the pressure. See, people succumb to pressure in their success because they start to believe and convince themselves that it was them that got them there. So therefore, they think that it's them that has to keep them there. Right. But when you realize that it was God that got you there, Listen, you can be secure while pursuing him, and he has his way of just surprising you with the next elevation, right. the next level. That's so good. That's so Amen. good. We can stop right there. That, that, that we can end this right there, right? So really, at the end of the day, when you talk about cultivating a mindset and an attitude mm -hmm. of humility, that just, that's a mindset and an attitude that says, God, your word is the final authority, that's right. and I choose to come under that. That's right. Ooh. I don't debate that. In I don't marriage, argue with that. In marriage. In marriage. In parenting. Parenting. Everything. His word is the final authority. Final authority. Letter B. Letter B. Trust completely in God. Refuse to trust in money. Recognize that money is temporal. Mm. I want you all to think about this for a moment. Six years ago, I did not have a job and no income coming in. I did not wake up that Friday morning believing that my life was getting ready to change the way that it did. Let me tell you something. Even though life changed, God didn't. That's right. That's right. Because as I told you earlier, he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And it's in moments like that when you get to see how great he really is. When you put all your trust in him, He'll make it as though nothing ever happened and elevate you as a result of it. 
Why? Because you had your trust in him and not in your job and people or your possessions. Proverbs 19.21 says, many plans are in man's mind, but it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. Oh, that's good. That word stand means establish, strengthen, and made to succeed. You can try to plan your whole life out if you want to. But if you don't slow down and find out what his purpose is for your life, That's right. we help you do that here at step three. Mm -hmm. I know today is step four where you can learn about community and serve projects and all that good stuff. But we have all kind of ways here at Linked Up Church to help you find and discover your purpose. Because it's only his purpose for your life that will cause you to be established and make everything succeed. That's right. Letter C. Learn to enjoy the blessings in your life. Learn to enjoy the blessings in your life. My husband would always talk about zero-based goals. And when you think about it, almost every goal is zero-based. Once you accomplish something, we can't be so hasty to be caught up in the next goal. We have to learn to enjoy the journey and enjoy the fruit of the, of the uh, success that we've been able to accomplish. Be content and draw a line in the sand when it's enough. Instead of being so caught up in the, in the drive of getting what's next. You know, either learning how to spend less and serve more or just learning how to just enjoy what you do have for a season till it's time and, or until you're released to go out there and do different things and allowing what you said, God, to be purposeful in your life, directing your steps. You know, we too often be, become so caught up and focused on what's next in life that we, we fail to even recognize that the whole point of this journey was to enjoy this season. You know, right now we're basically, everything, the, the break has been hit. You know, there has been a hard stop on life as we knew it. And it forced us to recreate and re-entertain what's important in our lives and to figure out, okay, what am I made of? And I, am I going to succumb to this and live in fear? Or am I going to evolve and innovate and, 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 and learn to live life differently? And a lot of us have learned to live life differently and override this. First Timothy chapter 6 in verses 6 through 8 in the Amplified, it says, But godliness actually is a source of great gain when accompanied by contentment. That contentment which comes from an inner sense of inner confidence based on the sufficiency of God. For we have brought nothing into the world, so it is clear that we cannot take anything out of it either. Amen. Amen. But, we have, but if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. Ecclesiastes, I love Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 18 and 19 in the Amplified. It says, Behold, here is what I have seen to be good and fitting, to eat and drink, and to find enjoyment in all the labor which he labors under the sun during the few days of his life which God gives him. For this is his allotted reward. Also, every man to whom God has given riches and possessions, he has also given power and ability to enjoy them. Say that with me. Enjoy them. And to receive this as his allotted portion and to rejoice in his labor as the gift of God to him. What point of it is to make all this money, to get all this accomplishment, to get all this recognition, and you did not ever take the time to enjoy it and impart it with others? 
It's no point. It's no point. What helps you enjoy life is living below your means. Mm. Most people live at or over their means. But what helps you enjoy life is living below your means. That's right. So you have to determine what you value and then live your life so that you can enjoy what you value. So we value vacations. We value family time. We value enjoyment. So we went out. This is our first house we purchased in 16 years, 15 mm -hmm. years. But we bought a fixer-upper. We bought the cheapest house in the entire subdivision. We're still fixing it up now, and we'll be fixing it up for several years. We did that so that we could continue to enjoy life. That's right. I don't think it makes sense to make payments, right? I don't think it makes sense to get a check, and you already know where it's going before you cash it. Yep. I don't think it makes sense to write out all your bills before your check comes. Then when your check comes, pay all of your bills and there's nothing left to enjoy. That's right. Live below your means. Right. In fact, that's a fruit of the Spirit. Delayed gratification. Temperance. Is, is exactly. Yep. It's an action of temperance, self-control. Yep. So I want to give you this quick principle. Always take out 10% for God and treat it like it's something you don't have. And then take out 10% for yourself and treat it like something that you don't have. And live your life off of 80% of your income. You will always have what's called surplus if you'll live by that 80-20 principle. Okay. Letter D, practice generosity. See, that'll also put you in a position where you can practice generosity. Being rich towards God means using wealth to fulfill his purposes. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19 out of the Message Bible says, Tell those rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God which is far greater than chasing after money, who piles on us all the riches we could ever manage. Then he tells you why. When God gives you riches, here is his purpose for the resources that he gives you. And here they are, to do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. If they do that, they'll build a treasury that will last. He's talking about something eternal now. Gaining life that is truly life. See, when you practice this, you're always operating in two realms. You're, you're meeting his purposes on earth, but you're sending your resources ahead of you so that you can enjoy eternity at a real high level. Proverbs 19:17 out of the Passion, Trans <laughs> Passion Translation says, every time you give to the poor, you make a loan to the Lord. Mm. Don't worry. You'll be repaid in full for the good you've done to others. Mm. Do you all understand that God takes into account every time you help someone less fortunate than you? God said that was just like loaning me the money, and I'm going to make sure you get it back in full. Yeah. Practice generosity. You know, generosity is just a law in the land. 
It is. Just like gravity is a law of the land. Thrust and boost is a law of the land. Electricity is a law of the land. E equals MC squared is a law of the land. It's just a law in the earth. Seed time and harvest is a law in the earth. In other words, it works for everybody. It applies to everybody. That's right, even the heathen. What separates the righteous from the non-believer is that there is an eternity to be had. And we understand that, so we do it for a greater good. There are benevolent people that are not Christians, and they do prosper because of their benevolence, but it's limited to here on earth. It's limited to here on earth. But when we do it, we understand that there is a greater treasure in heaven. So and we do it in worship and honor of a God that reigns in heaven. Girl, that's so good. And it ratifies a covenant that we have in him. It re- keeps us in remembrance of who he is and the promise of an eternity with him. So good. Letter E, manage your wealth in light of accountability. Manage your wealth in light of accountability. Matthew Henry once said, it ought to be the business of every day to prepare for your last day. It ought to be the business of every day to prepare for the last day. So in other words, use what God gives you in this world to invest in your next life. Luke chapter 12, verses 41 through 44 in the Passion. I love, he just makes it very simple here. He says, Lord, Peter asked, does this apply only to the 12 of us? Or is it for everyone else as well? The Lord said, a trustworthy and thoughtful manager who understands the ways of his master will be given a ministry of responsibility in his master's house, serving others exactly what they need at just the right time. And when the master returns, he will find that his servant has served him well. I can promise you, he will be given a great reward and will be placed as an overseer of everything that the master owns. And he's speaking not only of the blessings that would happen on earth, but he's also speaking to what's to come. Matthew chapter 16, verse 26 in the Amplified, it says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, wealth, fame, and success, but forfeits his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his own soul? Understand that your wealth, whatever you accumulate, even your gifts and talents that will benefit in service, whatever it is, when we hoard it for ourselves, we rob not only people, but we rob God of expanding his glory on the earth and making sure that his gospel is shared, not by what we say, but by what we do and what we give. But when we understand that we're laying up treasure for ourselves in heaven, then it makes God so much more able and gives people access to a God that is so good that they want him. A lot of times people reject God not because of who he is, but because of what, we see, what they see in us that as we talk about this God that we serve. So understand that we have to be accountable. And, that, you know, and oftentimes people say, well, I'm a giver. And you know, I've encountered a lot of people like that that say I'm a giver, and that's great. But all too often, we simply give out of our abundance. We simply give for out of our abundance. I didn't understand what true giving was when I didn't ha- until I didn't have it. And I was like, oh, okay, you want me to give what? I'm in a service, and they're saying give, and I'm like, <laughs> And all I have left is, oh, no, this is a better example. Someone was getting married. And I hear someone was getting married while I was at school in, at Ramah. And, and I heard Holy Spirit say, give them what you have. 
All I had left was $50 on me to my name. I wasn't going to get paid for it. You know, don't act like you're the only one that lives check to check. During that time, I was living check to check. Yes, I was. <laughs> I didn't get paid for a whole nother five days. I had to make it for five days with no more money. And I, 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 obe I obeyed. Praise God, this was the one time I did obey. But when I tell you I didn't miss a thing, and one thing that pricked my heart was when we got married, I hardly had to pay for anything. And God reminded me of that seed that I was investing in my future. So you didn't know sewing into that marriage, God was going to send me into your life. Well, you were already Put in my life. Put your hands up right now and well, thank you for sending me. <laughs> 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 Praise God. We're at the end of this message. I trust that you all have gotten something out of these last three weeks. If you have, I just want you to type in that you've accepted the challenge to be rich towards God. Just put it in. I will be rich towards God. Put it in. We'll go back and read all of the different comments. Share with us how the message has blessed your life and what ways it has blessed your life. We had so many praise reports that we wanted to share. Yes. We just couldn't fit them into the message. We had several of them that I wanted to read. We just couldn't fit it into the time. But we want to leave you all with this challenge. And it's a growth challenge, okay? I really believe it'll challenge you. I want you to think about these questions. They're right there in your outline. Can you think of a time when somebody helped you out, served you, or met a need of yours? Here's the key, that you couldn't meet on your own. You couldn't meet on your own. Number two, if so, how did it feel and how did you respond? We're going somewhere with this. Number three. What difference did that make in your life? See, as I'm reading about this, I'm thinking about you, number 50, and what you did for my family. That goes so deep for me, man, because I know you watch this every week. That goes so deep for me that there's never anything you or your children or your family could never, ever come and ask me for. And if I don't have it, I'll find a way to get it. That's how deep that goes for me, number 50. Number four, can God trust you with what he gave you to do that for someone else? See, because someone came and picked me up at my lowest point in my life, I'm always thinking about, God, who do you want me to pick up at their lowest point in their lives? Mm -hmm. So the question is, can God trust you with what he gave you to do that for someone else? And if the answer is yes, I'm challenging you today to go do it. Go do it. Think about what he used others to do for you in your life that you couldn't do for yourself. And now you find someone else who can't do it for themselves and let God use you to be that blessing to them. Remember this as we close or in closing. If you spend your time and energy providing for this life, but take no care for eternity. You are wise for a moment, but a fool forever. Mm. Let's live each life or let's live for each other today. Then we'll all be rich towards God tomorrow. Again, we trust you all have gotten something out of this today. Can we all just lift our hands right now, right where you're at, right in your home. Just, just lift our hand and let's begin to worship the Father for what he shared with our spirits the growth challenges that he's given us. Father, we declare and we accept the challenge of your word 
to not lay up treasures solely here on earth for ourselves, to not be concerned about just ourselves, but, be, but to be concerned about others, Father, to practice generosity, Father, to maintain a humble attitude, Father, to make sure that we are open to doing for others what you've used others to do for us. Father, we receive every word that you shared with us, Father, and we will not just be hearers of this word. We commit today to be doers of it, Father. Not only will Linked Up Church and Powder Springs be better, but use us to make the world a better place, Father, because of the generosity that you placed in our, in our hearts. We thank you and we give you glory for it. We declare that we will always be rich towards God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. While you're in that attitude of prayer today, wherever you're watching from right now, I believe God is calling you into a deeper relationship with him. That's right. I believe there's some watching right now that you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior. You have not made him the Lord of your life. You don't have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Then there's others, you've done exactly what we've talked about. You've allowed possessions and stuff and life and him and her to just get you off of God and get you away from God. And you're saying, you know what? I need to get my foundation back in order. You're saying, God, thank you for speaking directly to my heart today. I want to recommit. I want to rededicate my life. I want to come back to you, God. If any one of those two, in, uh, two invitations describe you today, I want to pray with and I want to pray for you. If you would, right where you're at, just put your hand over your heart and I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say these words with me by faith. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I, believe I believe that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is, the Son of God. is the Son of God. I believe, I believe that, he died, that He died, rose from the grave. And he is alive right now. Alive right now. Lord, Jesus, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my heart and save me, now. save me now. As a result, As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth, what I, what I believe in my heart, I am right now, am right now born, again, born again and in right standing with God. Right standing with God. And all my sins, all my sins are, forgiven are forgiven in Jesus' name. Amen, and so be it. Praise God. Praise God. Both my wife and I, we truly believe with all of our heart, someone prayed that prayer sincerely today, and you're ready to take your next step. If you would, follow the information that's on the screen right there, and it'll tell you what that next step is. We also have live ministers that are on standby. There's a number on your screen. You can call that number, and a live minister is prepared to minister to you and answer any questions that you may have. You fill out that Connect card, your information will remain private. We promise you, we will not share that with anyone. Just fill out that information. Or maybe you're not in a position to do any of that, but you can type on your phone or on your screen, I pray that prayer sincerely from my heart. Our social media team, they'll see that and we'll reach out to you accordingly. Just type that in. I pray that prayer sincerely from my heart. If you desire to join Linked Up Church today, you can also text that, text to that information and fill out that Connect card. We'd love to have you be a part of what God is doing right here at Linked Up Church. And so we want to welcome you to the family. We love you and we can't wait to meet and see you in person. 
this temporary discomfort is only for a moment. We'll all be back together again. Yes, we'll be able Jesus to hug name. each other, smile, love on each other. We miss you, but we know that we're doing things that are in the best interest of all of our health and our well-being. This too shall pass. Yes. We love you. Congratulations and welcome to the family of God. Amen. Praise God. Well, now I am privileged to announce it is tithes and offering time.